Amid ongoing farmer protests, Punjab became the first state to move a resolution challenging the three contentious farm laws enacted by the centre. The Punjab Vidhan Sabha held a special two-day session between 19 to 20th October to counter the farm laws that it terms as quote-unquote anti-farmer. To negate the central laws, the State Assembly passed three bills which, among other things, provide for imprisonment of not less than three years and fines the sale or purchase of wheat or paddy under a farming agreement below the MSP. The central laws have been severely criticised by agricultural experts and farmers across India for weakening the farmers' bargaining power. But Punjab has seen the strongest opposition against it so far and while moving the resolution, Chief Minister Amarinder Singh said that he will not let farmers suffer or be ruined, even if it means that he has to resign. I am not scared of resigning. My resignation is right here in my pocket. If they want to kick me out, they are welcome to do so. I don't care. But the grave injustice done to poor farmers is unacceptable and I will not bow down to them. Now, irrespective of the state's resolution, the farm legislations are binding throughout the country and cannot be repealed by any state's legislative assembly without the President's assent. So, what is the constitutionality of the Punjab Assembly's move and what can it do to counteract the farm laws? For this podcast, we spoke to Prasanna S., a Supreme Court advocate and founding trustee of Article 21 Trust. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you. And I'm your host, Shalbury. In the backdrop of protests from Ahmadmi Party MLAs in the Assembly building against the Punjab government for not sharing the draft of the legislations, Chief Minister Amarinder Singh urged all parties to put their politics aside and to pass these bills in the Vidhan Sabha. And despite all the differences between political rivals, the Congress, the Ahmadmi Party and the Shiromani Akali Dal did pass the bills unanimously. So let's look at what the amendments propose. The details of the bills are yet to be reviewed fully, but this is what we know so far. First, the Farmers' Produce Trade and Commerce Promotion and Facilitation Bill provides that no sale or purchase of wheat or paddy shall be valid unless the price pays for it is equal to or greater than the MSP and anyone buying below the MSP will be imprisoned for three years. Second, the Farmer Agreement on Price Assurance and Farm Services Bill provides that no sale or purchase of wheat and paddy under a farming agreement in the state and those who violate it will be punished up to three years. And both these bills, the Punjab government says, are aimed at, quote, preventing the damage apprehended by the farmers of Punjab with the enactment of the Central Act by restoring various safeguards, including the minimum support price mechanism through the regulatory framework of the APMC laws, in order to secure and protect the interests and livelihoods of farmers and farm labourers, as also others engaged in agriculture and related activities, end quote. Now, the third bill, which is the Essential Commodity Special Provision and Punjab Amendment Bill, 
seeks to protect the consumers from hoarding and black marketing of agricultural produce and secures to protect the livelihood of farmers and farm laborers. And again, I'm quoting a line from the government statement, quote, It seeks to ensure status quo ante on 4th June 2020 with regard to the implementation of the Central Act, namely the Essential Commodities Act 2020. End quote. And a fourth bill, the Code of Civil Procedure Punjab Amendment Bill, was also introduced in the House. But this is more in line with the Congress manifesto than having to do with countering the central farm laws. And this bill seeks to provide relief to small farmers from attachment of their land not exceeding 2.5 acres from Section 60 of the Code of Civil Procedure, which provides for the attachment or decree of various properties movable or immovable. And Proviso B to this section states that the properties of the farmers, such as cattle, implements, cowsheds, etc., would be exempt from attachment, but as on date, agricultural land can be attached. Now, while some agricultural experts say that the Punjab government's objective to safeguard farmers is certainly laudable, there are still many questions about the legality of this move. Farm laws fall under the state ambit and that's why some states are of the opinion that the centre bypassed the federal structure and quote-unquote illegally enacted the central farm laws. But the centre in turn argues that their laws deal with trade and commerce of farmers produce which falls within the concurrent list. And when central laws have already been enacted with the President's assent, it cannot be removed by a state's legislative assembly. Only the parliament can do that. So in such a case, for the state to counter these central laws would require taking it to the Supreme Court. While the Punjab government can't repeal or amend the farm laws themselves or pass their own laws to nullify their effects, now we have two sets of farm legislations at loggerheads with each other. So where does that fit in with the constitutional framework of the country? Prasanna S. talks about it. The question that arises in this case are broadly three. right? Whether A, whether the central legislations are valid, that is whether exercise of powers within the domain of parliament. And then B, whether the Punjab legislations are valid, that is whether within the legislative domain of the state. These are both independent questions and both of them may be either answered in the affirmative or negative. I mean, they may. it is entirely possible that both the sets of legislations are held to be valid. And let me come to it as to why. And this third question that arises is whether there is any repugnancy between the two sets of legislations. In answering the first two questions, the court uses what is called the pith and substance test. And that is to determine what is the true pith and substance of a legislation. This test is basically to locate the legislation within a certain entry in the federal lists that we have. Often used with the purpose of saving that legislation. In fact, that is the that is the tata where this particular test even gets used. It is to save the legislation from ultraviolence. We all know that the centre claims that the parliamentary acts, the farm acts are passed under entry 33 of the concurrent list, which relates to production, supply, trade and commerce in certain industries which have been declared by parliament to be of public interest to be centrally legislated upon. Punjab claims their legislations are in exercise of entry 14 of the state list, which is called agriculture. Both these claims have some merits and demerits. I'll come to those. As far as the centre is concerned, their claim of the central laws to be under entry 33 is a bit of a stretch. 
because entry 33 is general in nature but a more specific entry of agriculture exists in the state list the the claim of the punjab state government is also uh, has its its own problems so for one article 246 of the constitution lays down the hierarchy clearly giving the center the edge the state's powers of legislation even within its own domain are always subject to the center's legislative power in its own sphere. As far as the question C of repugnancy is concerned, it will really arise only if there are irreconcilable inconsistencies between the two legislations. We have what is called the doctrine of harmonious construction. So if, if it is possible, if there is a reading of both the laws that are possible, that they can exist without any inconsistencies, then that is the reading that will be provided by the court and both the legislations would be saved if that is the case. And merely because the state has amended a central law, that amendment does not automatically become an inconsistency. For instance, a more, a more stringent enforcement of the MSP guarantees under the state legislation is after all only giving effect to the solemn promises of the centre on the floor of the parliament. So there, there, it, it is possible that a court finds no inconsistency between the two sets of legislations and both are allowed to stand. The court may actually give us some surprising answers and hold that both of them are valid. But that is purely speculation. It is possible that it, it strikes down the central acts but upholds the state act. So it is possible it can go either way but it is... It is also entirely possible that all the, the sets of acts are held to be valid. What will the Amarinder Singh-led government do next? Will other states adopt Punjab's approach? We'll have to watch out for that. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, GeoSavan and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section for any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequin.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts. 